appreciative of um, the Spirit of God moving in this place today. Um, so today I want to share um, a message that, you, that uh, God put on my heart um, a while back. Um, it stepped on my toes. I heard somebody say a statement, and that statement really stepped on my toes a lot. And there's a couple people that I shared this with just, you know, after hearing the statement, it just it stepped on my toes a lot. And so it kind of weighed heavy on my heart um, because I knew that what he was saying, e- even though I had never heard him say that statement before, based on everything else that I've heard this pastor say, um, I, I know that, you know, he's profound. He's, he's full of the spirit. He's a man of God. And, and what he said was, was true. And, uh, you know, I went to God with it and God was like, what you asking me for? It stepped on your toes. You, you know that that was my spirit pricking your heart. Um, and so I'm going to share my thoughts on that, that God has kind of helped me to understand. Um, and I apologize in advance if I step on your toes. Uh, it stepped on mine, so you know I'm just I'm just carrying that to you guys. Um, but you know, as I was going over this this morning, God just kind of put it on my heart. You know, if there's somebody here who doesn't get their toes stepped on today, um, I just need to go walk around and actually step on your real toes. Um, because if it, if this isn't stepping on your toes, you're not listening. I mean, it, it just uh, you know it. It's been weighing heavy on my heart, and it continues to do so, um, but I'm hoping that sharing this with you kind of takes a little bit of that weight off of me as I continue to understand this and apply it to my life. And so the message today is called Layers of Calling, um, and so that might seem a little strange, um, but we'll, we'll get there. So I'm going to read Romans 12, 1 through 2, um, and we'll, we'll start with that, um, but there's a handful of scriptures we're going to read tonight, uh, or tonight. It's dark in here, so I said tonight, this morning, um, and we'll, uh, we'll open up this idea of layers of calling. So Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so it's sort of contradictory to say that God has a unique purpose for each of our lives and also a universal calling on each of our lives. Those two statements, when put side by side without any further explanation or context, sort of seem contradictory. Um, But the fact of the matter is, each and every one of you has an individual calling. God has created a unique journey through this life for you. You have a a career and a spouse and a certain amount of children and, and you know, all of these things is unique to each and every one of us. God has designed it such that we all have a unique calling. But at the same time, each of us shares a universal calling. Um, And so we're going to open that up. And that universal calling is sort of that foundation of every other, other um, aspect of God's calling on our lives. Um, And so I encourage you as this as we talk about this, I know it's going to step on your toes, but you know, just he, hear what I have to say, what God has to say through me, um, and hopefully we can kind of break that open. So this idea of calling is something that we're familiar with, you know, especially with the graduates, um, and that's why I believe God put this on my heart when he did a couple of months ago leading up to this time. Um, you know, I know every year that you know, it, it's going to be me preaching on this Sunday, um, and I'm, I'm always... Um, careful to hear what God has to say, because you could get up here and just preach any sermon, um, but I believe that, you know, God has something that applies to everyone here, but the graduates really, um, really will, will get something out of this that's important to them, even if it's just one of them today in, in this season of their lives. And so God equips us all for what he's called us to do. Um, I was studying Colossians the other day, and, and in my notes, I just have one sentence kind of written bigger than the rest of them, uh, with a big exclamation mark on the end, and it says, the Father qualifies us. And we say that all the time in church. You know, God doesn't call people who are already equipped to do what he's called him to do. He calls us knowing that we're broken, knowing that we're not perfect, knowing that really on our own we're not capable of a whole lot, and he equips us, and he qualifies us to do what he's called us to do. And so we're going to read a few passages of scripture um, that sort of 
It's not a full list, but it's a, it's a full enough list to give us an idea of the way God equips his people. Um, and then when we're finished reading those scriptures, I'll share with you the quote um, and, and the, the statement that stepped on my toes, and, and we'll move on from there. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And that word um, serving in there says, if service in our serving, doesn't exactly mean what we say in English when we say serving. If we have time, when I was going over my notes, God kind of, um, I just felt led by God to sort of put that off to the side. If we have time, uh, and I hope we do. We'll talk a little bit about that word to kind of clarify something, um, but that's not as important as the rest of the message. So when we get to that part of the, well, the notes, we'll see what that looks like. But that word serving is a little different um, than, than what we read and understand in English. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says, now there are various gifts, but the same spirit. And that's why we call these gifts, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, it's God's way of equipping us um, through the power of his spirit working in us. It's not um, abilities that we have on our own. It's not something that I can do because I'm me, but it's something that I can do because of who he is and the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in me. So there are various gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service. Again, that's, that's that idea that we'll get to in a little bit. But the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he will. So each of us has different gifts of the Holy Spirit or different combinations of gifts of the Holy Spirit that make us unique as children of God and that make us able to serve God in a unique and special way. The last verse I want to read before we move on is Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So again, those lists are not full lists. Um, but in those, those three passages of scripture, we can see that um, God in, in speaking to the authors of the Bible kind of give us an idea of the way he equips us. And so I think that um, the, the secular culture that, that we live in, and especially when it comes to graduates, uh, you know, young people choosing a career and choosing a college and all those kind of things, the, the culture of the world around us has sort of influenced our thinking, um, and that, that thinking carries over into even here in church, um, and I think that as you read those things, you know, whatever each of you has decided to do um, in your life, you know, whatever college you want to go to or trade school or, or career or whatever it is, um, I think that we've gotten some of our terminology mixed up. And, um, you know, when I was in high school, um, I felt called to be a veterinarian. And I, I felt as though that was my calling. But I think that we've gotten some words mixed up there. And even if I had gone and pursued that, even if that was what God had led me to do, um, that was, that's not my calling. You know, if you feel led to be a doctor or an engineer or um, a musician or any of those things, that might be your career, but that's not your calling. And I have this sentence in gigantic bold at the end of my notes, but I'll say it now and then we'll say it again at the end. Don't mistake the career for the calling. 
There's a huge difference. And again, I think the culture of the world around us has confused that. I, I think that um, you know, we're gearing up in high school, and, and I know adults sometimes are in that situation as well, but especially the graduates. We're gearing up in high school to decide our career, and we switch out that word career for calling because if, if you're a lost person in the world, your calling is the thing that you do in life. It's true for us. Our calling is the thing that we do in life. But if you don't believe in God, if you, if you don't have any, even any other religion, if you have no, no sense of, of um, purpose other than just the physical things in earth, it makes sense to say that your career is your calling. But because we know that we serve a God who is outside of time, who is sovereign over all of creation, over all of these physical things that we see, our career is important, but it's not our calling necessarily. Our universal calling that we all share undergirds whatever that career is. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, the statement that um, was, was spoken into my heart that really stepped on my toes, um, the guy who said it, his name is Jesse Reeves. He's a pastor and a songwriter. Uh, he used to be the bass player for Chris Tomlin, so instantly I connected with him uh, because he plays bass. And so uh, he said, there is no spiritual gift of bass playing. And that hurt <laughs> whenever I heard him say that because that's what I do. I'm a bass player. I love... I love playing bass. Sometimes you see me singing up here. Sometimes you see me playing acoustic guitar up here or, or every now and once in a blue moon, electric guitar even. Um, but bass is where it's at. I love playing bass. That's, that's who I am. That's what I do. But then I was listening to Jesse Reeves teach and he said there is no spiritual gift of bass playing. And that hurts so much because I identify so much with that. It's something that I love so much. And basically he was saying that's pointless. There's no use for that whatsoever. But then he continued on to, to share a little bit um, that, that caused me to study and, and share what I'm sharing with you today. And so I believe that part of God's plan for my life was to end up playing based on the worship team here at River of Life. I think if I wouldn't have done that, I would have missed God's calling in my life. If I wouldn't have ended up um, seven years ago, something like that, um, playing on, on this worship team um, as the bass player, all I did, that's all I didn't sing. I didn't, you couldn't convince me to sing. Uh, much less stand anywhere near the front of um, what we had as a stage then in the high school auditorium. Um, and, and I believe that it was part of God's plan for me, and I believe that doing so honored God and glorified God. But I believe that if all I had ever done was play bass, um, I would not have fulfilled God's calling for my life. Um, I believe that if I would have continued on what I wanted to do in high school and gone to be a veterinarian, that might have been a great career, and I believe I would have been pretty good at it. But that wouldn't have been God's calling for my life. Um, it would have been a career, but, but not calling. And so that's something that God uh, reminded me of whenever I heard that statement and began to ponder um, what it meant for me. There's no spiritual gift of bass playing. And, you know, if you, if you read through that list, um, there's no spiritual gift of being an engineer. There's no spiritual gift of being um, a cop. There's no spiritual gift of, of any of these careers that we mistake for callings. And so again, I know that's going to start to step on toes a little bit, but bear with me as we, as we continue through that. Um, whatever it is that you've decided on as a career, um, I've got a whole list here that I don't feel like reading the whole thing, um, but I would venture to say even uh, a career, if you want to call it a career, of being a preacher. Now, you could say exhortation or, or those kind of things, but I think that there's something so much deeper than just these careers that we label ourselves with and call our calling. Um, and so 
As I studied this, God kind of opened up this, at first, very confusing idea of different layers of calling. And you could say layers, or you could say facets, or you could say functions, um, or purposes of our calling. Whatever word you want to use, I picked layers. Um, but I think that there are three things to consider about your career to help you understand your calling. Um, whatever it is that you do, hopefully these three things will help you understand why you're doing them. Um, part of me, you know, in youth, a lot of times, rather than just teaching a whole bunch, you know, I like to ask questions and uh, make it more of a discussion, you know, kind of engage the students that way. And part of me wanted to ask some of them, um, you know, what do you want to do and why? And that really is the difference between career and calling. You're going to do something, but why are you going to do it? Whatever your career is, why you're doing it is, is really your calling. And so the first thing that I want us to talk about is glorifying God. Uh, it seems like just about every single person who I heard pray this morning, every single person who I heard talk a little bit uh, you know, before prayer and after prayer and that kind of thing this morning, um, that, that seems to be what's on everybody's heart this morning, and I'm glad for that. You know, We talked about how um, we want to honor our graduates, but as much um, things as we have going on today different than usual, we want to make sure that we glorify God first. And, and that is universal. That's that universal calling. Um, you know, God equips us all each in different ways. God gives us each a different path and a different skill set and even a different um, combination of gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the one thing that we're all able to do is worship God. The one thing that we're all able to do is glorify God. It doesn't matter what your spiritual gifts are, you can glorify God and you can worship God. I'm not much of an encourager. Uh, those of you who know me very well, I'm not a terribly encouraging person. Uh, I'm just... I'm not very good at it. That's just not my thing, you know. Um, I'll try, but it, it just usually doesn't go very well. That's not my gift. That's not what I'm good at. Um, but maybe you are an encourager. But whatever differences we have between our, our talents and our abilities and our spiritual gifts, both of us were born able to worship God. And so whatever career each of you has chosen for yourselves, um, whatever career... Those of you past the front row, those of you that are a little older, whatever career you're doing now or have done in the past or plan, do, plan on doing in the future, um, there has to be something that undergirds that or it's not a calling, it's just a career. And so glorifying God is the point um, of all those things. And so I'm going to read Romans 12:1 again. He says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And so that, that imagery of, of a living sacrifice maybe is a little strange to us. Um, you know, we don't think about sacrifices a whole lot in the sense of what we read about in the Bible. Um, but presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, basically, it, it means one simple thing. Giving up what I want for what he wants. Giving up what I prefer for what God commands. Um, and so that idea makes it clear what God's top priority is. You know, I'm so glad that when God created everything, he, wanted, he planned on having intimacy with me. He planned on having a fellowship and a communion with me and making me his child. But that's not the point of creation. The point of creation is for him to receive glory. That's it. That's the whole thing. If nothing else, creation is to glorify God. Jesus says in Luke 19.40, he tells his disciples that if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And when I was younger, I used to always think, like, how cool would it be if we could just get everybody to shut up just for one second and hear the rocks crying out? That'd be the coolest thing. But it's too important, as cool as that would be, it is too important to praise God to even pause for a second to hear something as cool as the rocks crying out. And so the Bible makes it clear that above all else, God is to be glorified, God is to be worshipped in all that we do. Um, and 
Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice can mean a, a different things for each of us. You know, whatever, whatever your plans are versus whatever God's plans are. You know, for me, it meant giving up, you know, the college and the career that I had planned out for myself. And for you, it might mean, uh, you know, picking a different future spouse or um, even picking a different church to go to or um, not buying the house or the car. I mean, whatever it is, um, each of us has a, a unique purpose and so because of that, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice looks a little bit different, but it accomplishes the same effect. It makes sure that God is glorified in all that we do. It makes sure that the top priority is to put God first and glorify Him. Um, and so whatever that means for you, sacrificing your time, your resources, and, and maybe even your preferred career. Again, don't mistake the career for the calling. Um, I can't stress that enough. And so the next um, layer... And well, before we move on, it's important to say that glorifying God, of course, has to be that foundation. That's the first one. The next two, those don't necessarily have to be in a certain order. Um, I feel um, that you know, whether you do one or the other, it's not like you've got to focus on doing one before the other. So long as glorifying God comes first, so long as that's your foundation, these next two, you know, it, it'll depend from day to day and season to season of our lives. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So why does God equip us in all these different ways? When we've put God's glory first before all things, the next thing that God leads us to do, the next purpose for our, our calling, the next purpose for our gifts and our equipping is to edify the body. Um, we glorify God, of course, before everything else. But as, so as a bass player, if I had just stayed, you know, back in the corner of the stage, uh, my bass is in the other corner, but that's where I used to always stand. Um, if I had just stayed back in, in that corner, just playing bass, I believe that it would have been possible up to a certain extent for me to glorify God. Up to a certain point in my life, I believe that God would have um, received glory through me playing bass. I'm not that good, but it's about the fact that I'm being obedient to him because that's something that he's called me to do. So in being obedient to God to play bass on this worship team uh, and, and to play appropriately and to be prepared and all those things, that glorifies God. Not so sure it edifies the body, but it does glorify God, and that's good. Unless you just really love bass playing, I don't know that you're really being built up spiritually by listening to me play bass. Now, in the context of the worship team, of course, it edifies the body, and that's the point. Me playing bass doesn't really do a whole lot. But me being obedient to be a part of this worship team and lead you guys and create an atmosphere of worship so that on Sunday mornings we can gather into God's presence and be ushered into his throne room by the working of the Spirit through our obedience and your obedience, that edifies the body. It glorifies God first and foremost. In my heart, I get up here with the purpose of glorifying God. You know, especially like today, I love whenever I get the chance to not sing uh, I love singing, and I love being able to lead worship, but every now and then it's just nice to just go back to what I used to do and just play bass, except that now God has grown me so much that it's so much more than playing bass. Um, you know, sometimes I, don't even want, I just want to stop playing, but I know that that's part of what I'm up here for. And so I know that um, on days like today when I don't get to sing, um, it, it feels a little different. You know, singing and, and leading you guys in song um, translates in my mind to something that's, that's oh so important. But really the whole team together is, is the important part because each of us in being obedient to glorify God is working as a team to help edify the body. And whatever it is that you do, whether it's, you know, I said before, there's no spiritual gift of bass playing, um, but also there's no spiritual gift of, you know, 
being a doctor or an engineer or anything like that. But in doing those things, you can edify the body. In doing those things, uh, you can be generous. In doing those things, you can exercise the gift of healing. It might not be healing in the form of miracles like we read about in the Bible, but certainly if you're called to be a doctor, then you're called to heal. And that's plain in the text that we read before. And so, you know, being a doctor or being an engineer or being, uh, you know, whatever it is that, that you feel led to do, um, led, of course, by God, not, not by, your, by your own self. I tried that and it didn't work. Um, whatever you feel led to do, it's got to glorify God, but you can also use that to edify the body. If you're not edifying the body, I'm not so sure it's terribly important. Um, that's part of what we're called to do. Ephesians, what we just read in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, it lists all those different things, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, to equip God's people to build up the body of Christ. So those things that we do are used, they're a thing. You know, doctor, lawyer, cop, musician, whatever. That's a, that's a thing, a tool that you use to build up God's people in some sort of way. Um, but the trick is, it's possible to do these things without glorifying God. There's plenty of doctors who aren't Christians. Plenty of doctors and engineers and lawyers, and, and the list goes on. There are plenty of people out there making a career um, but missing the calling because they're not glorifying God. And I'm, I would, I'm going to be so bold as to say that there are plenty of people in the church and even Christians um, who have this career picked out and who are doing the thing that they feel led to do. They've gone to college and they've done all these things and they're, um, you know, they're, they're making a way for themselves, providing for their family and all those kind of things. But they're failing to glorify God in doing that. Um, they are they're missing the point. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it by their own design and their own leading. Um, and if we're not glorifying God, I think it's going to be real hard to edify the body. You might sound encouraging, and you're, you, you, know, you, might, um, you might even be an inspiration to people. You know, somebody might look to you, not really knowing where your heart is with God, but they see that you're successful in, in, uh, you know, to our perspective and our perception. And you know, that might be inspiring, and so that's, that's good. But that's not really God. We've got to glorify God with all that we do so that we can edify the body and build up the church and build the kingdom. Um, edifying the body is just another way of saying building the kingdom. It's sort of a more personal way to think about it. Um, and so the last, um, the last layer that I want us to talk about um, before I, I kind of, uh, I, I know I'm saying last and y'all are thinking it's almost time to go home, but it's not quite. Uh, I, still got a, I still got a whole page of notes. Um, so the last thing is sanctifying the individual. So glorifying God edifying the body, and sanctifying the individual. Um, now, we don't sanctify people, but I don't have a, a good enough mastery of English to work out three words that ended with I-N-G and talk about sanctification. I just, it just didn't work. So I'm not saying sanctifying the individual as in I'm sanctifying somebody or sanctifying myself. That's just the best way that I could word the things to sound uh, like they went together. But glorifying God, we've got to glorify God. We've got to build up the body. We've got to edify the church. And we've got to continue our sanctification. We have, as individuals, we have to continue to be sanctified. And so sanctification is just, it's a big word, but it's the process by which we continue to be transformed to made, be made to look more like God. So it's sort of a, a big-ish word, um, but it's pretty straightforward. It's, it's what we're doing. It's what we're trying to do. And so Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so we continue to be made more in the image of God. We continue to grow in our relationship with the Father. Um, and there are many ways that we do this. These are the kind of things, the, the, the little phrases and words that we say um, that if we're not careful, 
um, kind of get lost to us in, in what they, they really mean and what they're really for. So we are sanctified by reading the Bible. We're sanctified by praying. We're sanctified by singing worship music. We're sanctified by serving, um, which we'll talk about in a second. We're sanctified even in our fellowship. That's part of why our church is named what it is. That's part of our sanctification process. All of those things are things that we do. But again, just like being a veterinarian is just a, a tool, a thing that you do for the purpose of these three things, um, even things that we do here in church, you know, we can get together and we can sing songs all day long. But it, if the worship team isn't singing these songs for the sake of glorifying God and, and edifying the body, it's going to be real difficult for the worship team to experience sanctification and to grow closer to God. And God can work in spite of us, and oftentimes he does. Um, but it makes it a whole lot easier when we're here to accomplish those three things. Um, if we're here just singing for the sake of singing, it's going to be real hard for sanctification to happen. It's going to be real hard for edification to happen. And ultimately, it's going to be real hard for God to be glorified because we're, we're up here for ourselves and not for him. Um, even reading the Bible. It is possible to read the Bible and it be a waste of time if you're just reading some words printed on a paper. And when I started that sentence, I know some of y'all got a little nervous, but I told you I was going to step on some toes. You know, it, it really is. There, there are people I know um, that read the Bible on a regular basis and don't know the first thing about God. There are people that I know that ask me to pray for them. You know, hey, you know, I'm going through this thing. If, if you don't mind, pray for me. But I know them well enough to, and I do pray for them, but I'm not so concerned about what they ask me about. I'm concerned about the fact that they think they've got it, but they're, they, just because they go to church sometimes doesn't mean they have a relationship with God. And so even something like praying or reading the Bible or singing Christian music, um, that, just because you do those things doesn't mean you're glorifying God, edifying the body, and, and experiencing sanctification. And so we have to be real careful about those things. From, from the ground up, whatever it is that you're doing in life, you have to make sure that you're doing those three things with glorifying God coming first, or we're just wasting our time. We're really not doing a whole lot. And so the, the reason that God put this on my heart, um, I believe, to share with you guys is that when I, and some of you that were there will, will remember, um, whenever I graduated um, from Bethel, there were a whole lot of people that told me what I was going to do uh, in life. There was a whole lot of people um, that told me I was wrong about what I said I was going to do. And I wish I would have listened then. Now, a couple months later, I listened. You know, but I wish I would have listened then. And so I believe that God put this on my heart because um, I wouldn't want, and I, I probably say something close to the same thing every year, you know, but I wouldn't want you guys to not be able to say that. You know, I, I, y'all are such great, uh, I hate to say kids, you know, but y'all are such great uh, young people. And I wouldn't want you to get six years down the road um, and have figured stuff out the hard way and struggled through some, some poor decisions. And I'm not saying poor decisions like, you know, getting in with a gang and killing somebody or something like that. But, you know, just, just missing God's calling for your life. Uh, that's what I thought of. But I wouldn't want you guys to get down the road and look back on, you know, I mean, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to mess up and we're all going to, you know, make some wrong turns. But I wouldn't want you guys to get down the road and say that nobody said, hey, don't mistake the career for the calling. People told me that, you know, people at my graduation, um, you know, I got up and I gave my little speech that they asked me to give, and I talked about uh, making sure that you're doing what God calls you to do. And I was convinced I had it right. 
I was convinced that I knew what God had called me to do. And so I talked about how God's called me to be a veterinarian, and this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I shared scripture, and I did all these things. And then whenever I got off the stage after graduation, you know, in all of the congratulations and, and those things, um, there were a number of people who said, that's, that's not what you're going to do. You missed it. You're going to be a pastor. We can see that in you. Um, and the truth is, years before that, I had felt some stirring in my heart, and I didn't know how to interpret that. I didn't know how that translated into my life. Um, and so I went years of just saying, well, I didn't really understand that, so I'm just going to push it aside. And then when it came time for graduation, um, I had a college picked out. Um, I had scholarships. I had um, dorm room lined up. I had, I mean, I was, I was ready to go. I had my plan worked out. Um, and I know that you guys have a plan worked out, and that's good. Plans are good. But I wouldn't want you to have gotten to this point in your life, and you miss these three things. You get somewhere, and, and you've become a doctor. You've become an engineer. You've become a lawyer, and you've got a family, and you've got all these things. But you forgot to glorify God with what you were doing. You forgot to build up the church with what you were doing. You forgot to allow God to sanctify you through what you were doing. If, if you don't do those three things, you've missed it. You've missed it. That's it. And so God, every year, puts a message on my heart. Like I said, probably I say something relatively close to the same thing every year. Um, but I just would hate, hate for a student to miss that. That's why I'm in youth ministry. And I know at some point in my life, God's going to you know, move me to, to somewhere else. Even now we see that, um, you know, the, the way we're doing the youth ministry, I've got so many people helping out with the youth ministry now and, and uh, young people leading, and I love it. And I can't wait to see them take over that responsibility. I can't wait for the day where they don't need me for that anymore. But that's why God has me in youth ministry for now. Because if nothing else, y'all need to know, don't mistake the career for the calling. I had that in my notes once, and I probably said it a hundred times. But before we move on to the, to the last little part of the message, uh, we got time. So I'm going to share a little bit about that word serving. Let me zoom in on my notes. I had to fit it real small. So that word serving, I think, is one that we have to be careful about. Um, we serve in church, and I'm so glad that so many of our young people in the church, I'm not talking about just like graduates, I'm talking about like from the from sixth grade up, we've got so many young people in our church that serve. If you look at the schedule of the different ministries and teams that we have, there's always a young person serving. There's young people serving now, helping us get the service and, you know, make everything look the way it should so that there's no distractions and, and you know, so that God isn't hindered in moving here. And I'm so grateful for that. But that word serving, we have to be careful about. Because I served as the bass player. But as I've been saying, that, that wasn't quite enough. God had so much more in store. And God has a, a plan and a purpose for even those times where you're sitting back there um, doing media or lights or sound or, or even if you're on the worship team and you're playing. God has a plan and a purpose for that. Being the bass player for so long, I got to see how other worship leaders did. I got to see how other pastors did. And that prepared me for where I am now, leading worship and pastoring. Um, so I believe that if I wouldn't have played bass, I, I would have missed out on that. And that would have made things a lot harder. But God brought me past that because as good as serving is, even serving isn't quite enough. I know it said in, in the, the passage of Scripture, it translates in English, at least in, in the translation that I'm using, the, the ESV, it translates as serving. Um, but that word really is, is a little bit different. Um, the imagery of that word serving is sort of like um, a rudder of a ship guiding the ship 
based on the instructions of the steering wheel, based on what the captain does with the steering wheel. And so that idea isn't just, um, you know, cleaning. The cleaning ministry is important. That's an important thing to do. But if all you do for God is clean the church and sweep the floors, that might glorify God, and maybe it edifies the body, uh, and maybe you listen to podcasts while you're doing it. But I think that there's so much more than that that God has called us to do. Um, I think that, you know, if you run lights on Sunday, that's good. And, you know, you're sitting and listening to the sermon and you're helping, you know, you're, you're building up the church and glorifying God by doing that. But I think that we've got to be real careful about that word serving because it's really easy to settle into a place of, of serving once a month or twice a month and thinking that that's God's whole calling for our lives. There's no way a God as great as ours plans out somebody's life and basically the only thing on their to-do list is sweep the church twice a month? No way. God's bigger than that. He's a lot bigger than that. And, and I would even venture to say, you know, and that's why I want to say be careful with that word serving because, you know, if you become a doctor, or that's why I talked about preaching earlier. I know that's a little bit of a dangerous direction to go in. But if all you ever do is preach, I still think God's a bigger God than that. He's got a whole lot more in store. That's why we use the word pastor. I know that there's a place for the word preach, I don't really like it too much. It always kind of makes me cringe. You know, when somebody uh, calls somebody else the preacher, I, I know why we say it, but it's one of those words that I don't really like too much because I believe there's a whole lot more than just preaching that we're called to do. In the role that, that I am here at this church and that Pastor Gary is here, um, I don't call him Preacher Gary. He does a whole lot more than just preach. And I believe that if all he did was preach, we probably wouldn't be here today because we wouldn't have made it this far because there's a whole lot to do more than just preaching. So whether it's cleaning or serving in the sound booth or in the children's ministry or even up here on the stage or even outside of the church, whatever it is that you're doing in your life, be careful about that word serving. I think that our enemy loves to convince us that serving is enough. But that's really not what the word serving means. It's a word that refers to leadership. It's a word that refers to guiding the body of Christ. And that's part of being sanctified, growing in that leadership, it's part of building up the body of Christ and it's part of glorifying God. It's way too easy to show up and sweep and not accomplish any of those things or to, you know, click on all the, the buttons on the, you know, the lights or the computer or the soundboard or even teach the children in the back. It's way too easy to just do those things every now and then and miss the calling, miss these three things that God has called us to do. And so, um, I've talked about playing bass, and hopefully that's translating to you as whatever it is that you do. But I can sit around playing bass all day, um, and that really doesn't mean that I'm doing anything important at all. It really doesn't mean that I'm accomplishing what I've been called to accomplish. Um, and so whatever you do, glorify God um, by doing that. If you're unsure, and this is something that I really thought about for a while. One day I sat down to work on my notes, and, and I just kind of sat and thought about this idea. Because uh, it's kind of a tough one. You know, it's sort of a weird thing to pitch to you guys, but here we go. So if you're unsure about the things that you do every day, you know, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, you know, like, I'm not really sure, that's challenging, it's convicting, I want to make sure that I get it right, I want to make sure that I don't miss this, uh, but it's sort of like once you're in your routine, you're running, you know, and it's kind of hard to stop running, it's kind of hard to take a second. But I would encourage you that if you're unsure about whether the things you do every day glorify God, maybe take, a, take some time off, take a day off to eliminate the variables. Because these tools that we use and these things that we do to glorify God and accomplish these layers of calling, um, like I said before, you don't, you don't need any of those things to worship God. All those things can be laid aside, and we can still worship God. 
It doesn't take anything. It doesn't take an instrument. It doesn't take a career. It, it doesn't take a single thing except our hearts and our spiritual posture before God. And so maybe if you're struggling with that and you're wrestling with that, um, this word that God has given us today, maybe uh, try to find some time. Pray about finding some time to eliminate the variables and t- take a day where you're not doing anything, you're not accomplishing a to-do list, you, nothing, nothing at all except glorifying God. Go back to that foundation, even if it means, like I said, taking a day, a whole day to just push everything else aside and ensure that your foundation is the right thing. Ensure that your foundation is glorifying God. Even if you get that right, just take a day to get that right. You can build from there and, and be sure that everything else you're doing, not only is it glorifying God, but it's edifying the body and, and it's sanctifying you. Um, and so I encourage you to glorify God first in all things, by all things, and through all things. And again, don't mistake um, the career for the calling. Um, I'll ask that the worship team um, would come and we're going to just kind of play through Waymaker for a couple of minutes um, because I think that um, our, our God is the Waymaker. He's made a way for us to be here today. He's made a way for us to get to where we are. Um, and, and I know that he's made a way for us to get to where we need to be. Um, but I just encourage you, stand and sing um, with us and allow God to speak into your heart and to show you what his way is. Um, allow God to, uh, and I'll ask Brother Don to come up as well. Um, you know, if God's working in your heart, moving in your heart, um, just take a little bit of time to ask him to show you what his way is for you, that you would get it right. Don't miss it. Don't, don't find yourself uh, a decade down the road having missed the whole point of the thing. God, thank you for allowing us to be here today and speaking into our lives. I pray that um, your word would continue to sink into our hearts and impact us um, and that we would continue to be sanctified, God. Um, But I pray that right now, if nothing else, um, you would be glorified uh, as we worship you, God, and as we sing praises to you and proclaim who you are um, and, and all that you do for us, God. I pray that you would make a way in our hearts today, make a way in our minds to understand what you have for us, um, that as we're sent out into the rest of the week, God, and as we send these graduates out into the rest of life, um, that we would be able to perceive that way that you have for us and that we would not miss the calling that you have on, on our lives, God, and that we wouldn't miss the whole point of these things, God, in, that in all we do, we would glorify you, that we would build up the kingdom, God, that we would edify the body and that we would continue in our own sanctification.